You're listening to Housewives on Display with Jay. And Jay. How's it going? Another beautiful day in the neighborhood. My Christmas tree is up. I'm staring at it right now. The lights are on. I'm just feeling, you know, that kind of mood. How are you? What color is your tree? Oh, yeah. I haven't showed it to you. Um, I have a few updates in my apartment, but my tree goes with every, like, it's silver, white, and there's some clear bulbs on it, too. It's my first time doing a tree because I didn't do a tree last year, so. I know. This is a big moment. Wow. You're finally an adult. <laughs> I know. And I grew up on um, real trees, so it's weird to have a fake tree also. My mom did the real tree thing for a while, and then at some point when we were upstate, she was just like, yeah, look, fuck it. <laughs> um, it is. It's happy. a lot. Yeah. And I was happy about that because, you know, it was just us most of the time. So I would have to be like her teenage son and I would have to help her bring in the fucking tree. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we've elevated from that to a fake tree. They have a little, um, she buys like these little candlestick things that you can put in the tree that have like, the scent of tree so that you don't have yeah, to Yeah, I've heard up. of those. Yeah, yeah. And they work. They're pretty great. Either that or I would say the Fresh Bassam plug-in from <laughs> Bed Bath and, not Bed Bath. What's the other one? Bath and Body Works. Bath and Body Works. I have that spray and I spray it only near the tree because I want to pretend the tree is that. Right. The tree is the essence of the smell. It's not coming from anywhere else in the house. Yeah. It's coming from this very real tree. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> looky here, looky here. This is a real tree, okay? We have a lot of ground to cover today. Yeah, we do. So let's just like, I guess, get into it. Uh, yeah. So like Jay said, we have lots to cover today. We are covering two episodes in one and we are covering Potomac and Salt Lake City. Now, I guess we'll just go in order. So we'll start with Potomac. Uh, mm -hmm. What was your rating for Potomac? We gave last week a B, right? I think so. I'm okay with the B. Yeah, there was there was some stuff going on, but um, it's the like... best episode we've had in a while on this show. I'm gonna be quite right, honest. which is why I should give it more than a B, but it's also still just a B. <laughs> It's a high B. It's a really high B. You come to my office and you explain to me why you really need a B plus, and I can give you a B plus. Um, it's Christmas time. Let's give it a B plus. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All Fuck right. It. We had to pause. Maybe we should. Okay. We'll give it a B plus. Ugh. You won't be the Grinch. Okay. <laughs> so the episode that we're we ourselves are being very shifty on is okay so the episode we're talking about is season five episode 18 shifty wigs are the wigs shifty what is this deal going on i mean we'll talk about it but i have a little confusion on what exactly rpg show is right we'll get to that because i have a, yeah. a few questions as well okay. yeah <laughs> all right well on that note so it starts off with you know, just a couple of interstitials. We see Ashley and the baby. Sh shocker. Um, Wendy and her boys. They're, you know, doing the same thing, being goofy, jumping on one leg. Then we see um, Chris and Candace, and they're in the kitchen. They're cooking. They're filling each other's butts up. I guess this is Candace trying to show us that she's, you know, spicing, spicing the relationship up after he tried to tell her that, you know, she wasn't giving him enough last couple weeks ago. And right at the beginning of the season, that was so funny and so unexpected for her. Right. She was very shocked by that answer. I mean, I was too, actually. 
Um, and then we get to uh, Karen, and she's letting in her wig guy. And he has a whole bunch of wigs in his hand. And come to find out, this is the wig line that Karen just told us about last weekend. And she's doing a wig line with Steven. You called him a wig guy, and I would have to correct you and call him a wig doctor. <laughs> the wig guy. A wig guy called the wig doctor. And as you can see, we get a comparison. So the wigs before Steven. BS before Steven. <laughs> and then we get the wigs after Steven. And she can whip her head around, and the wig's not going anywhere, and it's looking great. She's feeling free. And so he says, oh, we should name this this wig Wendy Williams and it's like this long blonde but not platinum blonde it has like that Xtina stripe down the middle of it um it's a little it's more than dirty blonde but I guess it is dirty blonde and they're just poking fun etc etc so of the wigs you saw on the table what were you thinking like was I satisfied with the work Mm -hmm. just initial impression yeah, they're good enough, you know? Again, I've we all have noticed that her wigs went from, like, sliding off and being <laughs> an embarrassment, and her hairline was always so confusing to, like, having some semblance of, like, taste, dare I say, when it comes to a wig. So, okay, yeah, these wigs will do. I found myself wondering, who else does he do work for? Because I want to see their pictures. I feel like Karen's a really hard person, <laughs> As we've seen with the hat work, she's just not a good person for headwear, like head work. Like I need to see it on other people because I'm still not that impressed with her wigs. Are they better than what we've previously seen on her? Yes. Oh, see, that's how I'm grading it. You wanted me to grade it as an overall wig? Well, now I'm stepping it up. Now you're on RPG show. So I need to see what do your wigs look like on the grand scale of wigs that I've seen. Yeah. And I've seen bitches on YouTube who are high as shit do better wigs. But I'm saying that's only if I am using Karen as my, like, like, as your prototype, as his prototype, I should say. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't want to judge him too much. I want to see his other wig work on other people. And I don't, I think, was it you who sent it to me? No, it was Kay sent it to me. Um, I should have sent it to you, but all that to say, he had like a posted on Twitter, you know, Giselle later says that she's not coming to this event since it's his wig line, essentially. Mm-hmm. He posted on Twitter, like Giselle, don't open your mouth about me. Robin, don't open your mouth about me. I'm a hairstylist around town. Like I know a lot about you. I know T. So even if he just does locals hairs, it seems like he is around town or at least he made himself seem like he's around town. Okay, so we can infer that he's good. Okay. Or good considering. Because let's <laughs> be real, I haven't... We went to Howard Homecoming, the wigs were C- at yes, best. Yes, yes. At best. The, in yes. the wig work we've seen on this show, it may be this area of the country has a master wig street. Hmm. And listen, it's not... I'm not trying to judge these ladies harshly, like I myself am just starting to get on the the full lace frontal wig game. And, um, you know, sometimes I have to go back to (laughs) go back to my basics because 
it's a lot of maintenance at first, you know, like when you're not in the thick of it, when you're not YouTube famous quality level on it. So don't, don't make the mistake of thinking that I'm just being too harsh. I understand the struggle. However, <laughs> I also don't have money, nor am I on TV. My hands are tied here. I don't <laughs> wear a wig, so who am I? But yeah. I, I know a good wig when I see it. And, <laughs> and, I, and that, yeah. that, that wasn't you it. You might not wear wigs, but you know a good wig when you see it. Period. That's just anybody. Because then I don't see it. That's the thing. You don't see it. Exactly. On Karen, I still see it. So I want to see it on some other people. I want to see why they call them the wig doctor. Because if I'm just looking at Karen, I'm not seeing it. <sighs> okay. But in either event, we still have two shows. So anyway, moving on to the next scene. Ashley is doing what she does best. And it's bringing Dean around where no one expect is expecting her to bring Dean. What did you think about Monique? Because, okay, because Ashley compliments her and says, oh, like, you look so good. Da, da, da. She's like, girl, that's because I'm not around these women. <laughs> I don't know why that like comment felt extra forced to me. It was. She clearly wrote this during her hiatus. <laughs> right. Yeah. She was like, I need some good comeback lines. So as soon as somebody makes any compliment about me looking good, because duh, you look good a lot. She was like, I'm ready to whip this one out. Right. <laughs> so anyway, I guess the seafood place, because they both got like some sort of seafood dish. And complete side note, I didn't think you could eat fish while you were still breastfeeding but um, I guess so maybe what do you think about Chase's birthday party <laughs> the pictures <laughs> I don't have any thoughts particularly about the pictures I don't remember them but I do remember the fact that Karen got wasted at said party basically is what was alluded to I live for that I, I would have liked to be at that party so what do you think it's about Karen getting wasted at said party do you feel like she just so do you feel like you agree with everybody else like she just doesn't trust everybody and that's why she doesn't drink around them anymore yeah because they use it against her yeah and what's crazy is that they're using her not drinking against her too <laughs> I'm like can I yeah. win? Can Karen win? It's either I talk too much and then y'all use it against me or I don't talk at all and y'all use it against me I think in this scene also she got caught on another lie though because then Monique made it known that she was going to be, that she was invited to Karen's wig event. I was just going to say, and then Ashley um, just calls her and basically tries to put her on blast. Right, because then they showed the flashback. One of the only things that happened in Portugal was they asked her, hey, <laughs> are, you, are you inviting Monique, yes or no? And she said, no, I'm not inviting her. And Candace said, thank you. Well, it turns out she was wasted at the party and was like, just come, Monique. I would love for you to just come. And then she was... You know, in a pickle there. <laughs> and fuck Ashley, because when she called her, I love what Karen, you know, of course she's not. Wait, what? I don't, she, she'll she go see now like Ray in a minute. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> wait, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but then at the end, she said, you tried it. <laughs> Bitch, don't think you I didn't notice me. what you just did. You tried it. Yeah. I see what you were trying to do there. Fuck you, Ashley. I'm seeing what you did there. You you caught me. <laughs> and I did lie, so fuck you. Yeah, I did lie. She was trying to do the Odawapi. Like, she was trying to have Monique in and then out. Yeah. And then, I'm honestly, I think that's a good plan. In terms of, like, wanting to stay neutral. 
do I think it makes sense for your overall life to be doing this? No. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it worked out the way she planned it either, but she had <laughs> she had to know. I mean, we're not even there yet, but she had to know that Candace would find out and like it would turn into a thing. There's no way she didn't think it would turn into a thing. Maybe she really didn't think it would. Maybe she did. She's she's not the same Karen that I know and love this season. Well, she started off, but on this she's Karen, faltering. Yeah, I was gonna say on this Karen, on this Candace and Monique thing, she's faltering. But in either event, next storyline we have Robin. Why is her hair so shaggy? Anyway. Robin because and, she cuts it at home. Yeah, like literally over the fucking bathroom counter. If I say this one more time, Robin and Juan in their home shopping. But Robin says she's all good on the mortgage front because she's getting her taxes in order. She's on a payment plan or some sort, et cetera, et cetera. They're they shopping. can't afford this home. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. What was the point of showing them this $1.6 million home? They made fun of Candace on Twitter last year for going to see that home she couldn't afford. Why would you do that? How come no one's going to call Robin out on it? Yeah, somebody did. We did. <laughs> but I need <laughs> I need them. Do I have to write on those little fucking cue cards to Andy Cohen? So he can we should have tried to write in for the reunion. Right. Bleep from New York. <laughs> I'll put my whole name for that because I need her to know who the fuck asked her that question. And either event, who's cute home though? A week. <laughs> right. Grace <laughs> doesn't give a fuck about this man. Let's talk about that. I can't I think she likes him. I think she likes him. She just hates them together. Yeah. His like the idea of him being there for a week was very shocking and disgusting to her. And I get how she feels. She was like in the house. Ugh. <laughs> it's like I feel like Part of your, you know, let me speak. <clears throat> Get on my hurt bitch soapbox. Um, as a product of divorce, I was playing. Um, but as you know, somebody whose parents did get divorced, I feel like the way that you cope is that you basically tell yourself the truth. Like your parents are like separated and they're never getting back together, and you're okay with that. So you don't see them as like a coupled identity. So I feel like. I, I get what Grace is saying. Like, it feels very weird, the idea of you two together, especially knowing the circumstances that y'all broke up with because this man is out here cheating and allegedly still is. Most definitely still is. <laughs> I don't know why those two feel so crazily different to me, but they kind of are. They, they aren't, but they are. Like, I would rather stay in Maryland, PG County than <laughs> be in ATL. I mean, same. And it's crazy that she would move again. It's like Jamal can't just like move his pastorness to back to Maryland. He's been a pastor in Maryland before. She has a whole show here. She's not going to join Atlanta. Wait, hold on for a second. Giselle on Atlanta? Hmm. I would actually enjoy it, but I don't think they would do that. Have they not done that for anybody? Not for a single soul. But she would be coming on Atlanta. I'm going to um, table that one. But in either event, the girls aren't happy about it. They're like, yeah, 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 whatever about dad. And 
it is what it is. I don't really blame them. Giselle's forcing it is like getting on my fucking nerves too, to be honest. She's like, the girls are just very like overprotective of me. I'm like, mm. I'm like, yeah, just like when the daughter was like, yeah, I don't have a choice anyway, so it doesn't matter what the fuck we think. Yeah, like, why the fuck are you asking me? So you can tell me something else? My mom does that. Maybe it's a mom thing? I don't know. But my mom, she'll say something, and it's like, well, I had no fucking say. Or what's even worse is when she says something, and she knows the fucking answer to it. Then why are you asking me? Well, that's beyond annoying. I hate when moms do that. And I also hate when moms ask rhetorical questions just in general. That's what I was like, why the fuck are you asking me that? Like when there was a scratch like, on her car. Who did this? Who the fuck you think did it? It was obviously me. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I don't know. I don't know how it got there. Because you're going to stop asking me fucking questions you know the answer to. Then I'm going to just lie to you blatantly. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. So the next scene. Woo! <laughs> That is one way to describe it. We see Karen and she's in some silk black. Well, it's silk sateen and then there's like lace trimmings. <laughs> Body. Black uh, robe and she's laying, she's throwing down rose petals. She's lighting the candle. So you already know where this is kind of going. She's pouring some champs. <laughs> and basically Karen is determined to get her intimacy issues settled and over with. So she's in the bathtub, a bubble bath, and she's, um, (laughs) I can't even describe this scene. This is actually really cringe. Everyone's comparing it to the Tamara and Eddie scene in the bathtub, and it's not that bad because Tamara and Eddie fully had sex on camera, but Karen is nude in the water, like singing, oh, Raymond, like this whole scene. And I have plenty of comments. One of my comments is, so to put a button in the words of Wendy, to put a button on her storyline this season, this is the last scene. She was like, okay, it's the penultimate episode. I need to get something in real quick. Oh, me and Ray are fine. Look at me in the tub, him coming up with flowers. This is not staging at all. Oh, Raymond, come upstairs. He's walking slow as shit. She's turned on. I mean, this is. This is how she's going to end her storyline. I didn't like that they edited it like that. And she's literally saying, Ray, 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 where are you? Ray, get up here. Oh, Ray, 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 where are you? And his slow ass, because I really do believe he was going up that slow, is just creepy crawling up the stairs. I don't like that they did the edit like that. But continue. I mean, that was my point. I don't like that this was the ending of their storyline. They had all those moments all season where she's like, I don't know. She was in the basement talking about... I want my money back. And then we're just going to end it with a naked scene. <laughs> Bullshit. I want my money back. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I don't want to imagine them in, in the tub together. The next scene. So the next scene, Wendy and her family, including her mother, are going to the pumpkin patch and they're getting pumpkins and, you know, it's a family outing, it's a family day. And basically, Wendy decides that this is the perfect opportunity to let her mom know that she is no longer interested in remaining a professor. And so, of course, the way they edit it, it makes it seem like her mom's not about it at first. But then, what do you know? Her mom says, I support you. I love you no matter what, et cetera, et cetera. 
So do you have any feelings or thoughts or comments, concerns, feedback for that scene? Or Speaking of Xtina hair, her mom has a pretty severe... <laughs> let's not talk about the mothers. You want to talk about mothers? Like, let's not talk about the moms. But yes, she did. Yeah, and um, that's the only comment I'll make about her appearance. And I mean, besides that, it, it was a great moment for her mom to be like, you're spoiled, do whatever you want. <laughs> why do i have hiccups oh my god oh snap sorry y'all. i'm not even drinking what's happening but yeah so nothing happened in that scene it was a great again we're putting a button on her yeah. storyline of yeah am i gonna tell my mom how am i gonna tell my mom i'm telling my mom she's okay with it i'll be on next season so i can pursue my dreams of being a person <laughs> right. okay continue right I feel like that's exactly basically what happened this one more even more than the Karen scene felt like uh i'm just trying to tie it all in Okay, so the next scene is the photo shoot, which is out with her girls, and supposed to be Jamal, but what do you know? He's not coming. So (laughs) take me through this scene and how you felt watching it, and just take us through it. Well, first of all, not that her other daughters aren't cute, but Grace is so pretty. (laughs) I realized that during this scene. I was like, oh my god, she's gorge. Twins often kind of look a little funny, but... Yeah, but they're going through a weird stage. Like, also. Grace is evened out, mm-hmm. and she's so cute. Yeah. Um, And her hair looked great. So they did her hair correctly. Mm-hmm. I got nervous when Giselle said she brought ponytails for the girls, and I was right to be nervous. Um, <laughs> and I, overall, of course, there was much left to be desired on the glam side. But did Giselle have to wear a gold dress? No she could have worn white like everyone else I mean even if he was there and had on white and gold it still wouldn't make it look that much better to me I Um, think the idea I think the fact that she wore gold says a lot yeah that's a very Leo move of her to do honestly (laughs) it says a lot of her I mean she's a Virgo though yeah they're not too far off with that Um, well I was going to say arrogance but I'll say confidence (laughs) Right, let's, <laughs> we'll speak positively. Although, if anyone believes in Sidereal over here, then she would be a Leo. So, in either event, the gold was a choice. It wasn't a terrible dress, but it was just like, it didn't need to happen. And then, of course, Jamal, sorry ass, is not there because... <laughs> name an excuse, he's not there. So, he's getting a manicure in the airport. He's probably, like, has a background, like, on Zoom backgrounds. He probably added that background. He's probably at some bitch's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then of course the producer asked her, like, how do you feel about that? And she was like, I mean, of course I'm upset, but what am I gonna do? Like get she immediately got angry. It was like, bitch, calm the fuck down, first of all. I mean, what do you want to do? You're not allowed to be nosy like, about it. Yeah, like <laughs> she was ran up on the camera. <laughs> okay. Both of them look old. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> they're both. I mean, like, they're both guarded. They both don't really share what's going on. Both of them hate the men they're with. High key, but are putting on a brave face for everyone else. <laughs> like, I just there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. Oh, also the hairstylist said in the video on Twitter, he when he was going off, he was saying, like, we all know your relationship is fake. Everyone that's watching this show knows that I know it. You know it. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's why I didn't even mention it. I forgot. It wasn't even relevant because we all know that. Because that's just like a, yeah. Oop. If that's the tea you have, that's why I text that K. I'm like, so where's the tea? I want him to spill. So, yeah. So, no one is shocked that Jamal didn't show up. He didn't really seem that apologetic to me. And she clearly was annoyed by it because she hung the fuck up real quick. I've never seen someone press the X and call button so hard and viciously like it's an actual like button phone but she did wait so did he not come at all so he just didn't spend that whole week so also did he Mm -hmm. just say fuck the whole trip because if he said f the whole trip he's definitely not in a relationship with you you hit him up and you said i need to stay on this show so i need to be in a relationship and here's what you're going to do to help me do that He said, okay. Also, why would you plan the trip for the first day he flies in on a flight from Africa? None of it makes sense to me. (laughs) Why is he flying from Africa of all places? I'm over it. So now I'm supposed to feel bad for him because he missed his flight from his missionary African trip? Like, come on. I'm sick that he's Mr. Chocolate and he was supposed to be an African guy and now he's what? He's over in Africa. Like, what's the deal with Jamal in Africa? (laughs) There's a connection here. Yeah, there's something they're not telling us. While everyone ponders that. The next scene, we are with the Darbys. Plus Uncle Lump and Sheila. (laughs) (laughs) My queen. Um... Actually, I just learned this episode. His name is Rodney. I don't know why that didn't occur to me before. Um, Ashley is cooking. She cooks this scary-looking fish, some carrots, some Brussels sprouts, some mashed potatoes? Question mark? Yeah. Lump makes a comment and says, these mashed potatoes are good. And she goes, it's cauliflower mash. So that's what it is. Okay, there we go. Sorry, Uncle Lump. I thought the same thing from a distance. Um... Yeah, great healthy meal. I think that's a piece of focaccia on someone's plate. I'm not sure. Whatever. I'm getting into the semantics, but um, basically this dinner is for Michael to have to pay the piper <laughs> and basically explain why he has, again, upset the family. Let's play a drinking game <laughs> or a smoking game where you hit the blunt or drink every time Michael's eyes shift from left to right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just counted about seven in a row. So, yeah. I'm sick that Michael definitely prepared a speech for this, but still, like, didn't handle it great. <laughs> I'm also <laughs> sick about his body language. The way he's sitting back in the chair and he has his arm, like, propped up, like, on the arm of her chair, like, on the sh- on her shoulder almost. It's just such a weird position for him to choose. We ain't buddies. Get your fucking arm off my shoulder. You know what I mean? Like, Versus, like, if his arm is, like, all the way across the back of the chair, I feel like that's more of the normal male response. It's just... He's trying to look relaxed, but he looks so tense at the same time. It's It's like, Michael, it's... Give it up. It looks not natural. Either man, he's turning super red, so we know he's lying. Um, He says we got a lot of work to do to show her that this wasn't... Isn't a... Isn't a... Wasn't a... That this is a one-time thing. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, do you feel like Michael's telling the truth? Is water wet? 
I mean, no, he's not telling the fucking truth, okay? Jesus no. Christ, he's a liar. <laughs> the answer is yes. No. <laughs> no, it's not because he's a fucking liar, okay? That's what's going on oh, here. God. Yeah, he's definitely lying. He literally went to go screw someone after this. <laughs> For the stress Allegedly. of the questions. Alone. The stress of the dinner alone sent him into some other hooker's arms. You hate <laughs> Just another regular night for Michael. <laughs> you hate to see it. Have you seen that the, the sneak preview clip of the finale? When they get in that brawl. Yes. Michael was... Michael has so much pent-up aggression. What did you say? I said Michael has so much pent-up aggression. Doesn't he? I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. First of all, technically, Michael touched Chris first because he put his hand a little bit on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And second of all, Michael was open my motherfucking face telling me to go get my girl, go get my wife. Like, shut the fuck up. Who the fuck is you? It's like, a, it's like one of those things where it's like, if Vaughn had said it to him, Chris would have been like, all right, let me go. Let me go. Even if Chris Samuel said that to him, Chris would be like, all right, let me go. Let me go find Chris. Michael Darby, of all people? Telling me that I need to go get my wife? Right, they're both as couples feuding. And remember that reunion last year? Chris was the only man to really go toes with Michael and be like, no, you're fucking disgusting. And I know it. Him and Ray spoke up a little bit, but not really. As much as he can. Let me give him credit. (laughs) Right. So he was like, no, but Chris was really like, no. Get the fuck out of my face. And I really don't blame him for that. Did he have to literally push Michael all the way back off of him? No. Through the crowd? <laughs> no, but you know what? Chris hasn't slipped up not near one time on this show. He has pits of aggression too. He deals with Candace every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he geez. literally absorbs all her emotions. They have to come out somehow. So I'm with him. Even fucking Juan was like yoking up Michael more than he usually does. There was something going on that night, child. But must have been a full moon. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. <sighs> but in either event, it looks like I'm going to be on Chris and Candace's side. So Michael also lied to Ashley about what happened, and that's why she started turning it up. But that's not here nor there. So the next scene, we are finally at. This wig event, little cupcakes, some little Perrier, there's some Evian. Evian. So I know it's a classy event, child. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's in some, as we are later told, it's in the strip mall, but it's mm. in a, a very small venue in a strip mall. Um, but the first guest to arrive of La Dom's is Monique. She has this interesting braid pony situation going on um a turtleneck fur also kind of anyway <laughs> it's just very perplexing the outfit it was a full chinchilla <laughs> like the whole animal yeah and his cousin and also his daughter <laughs> everybody that was in that nest <laughs> everybody was gone so they're having some drinks they're drinking some champs or actually it's rosé I'm gonna correct myself before the event technically starts. So basically, Karen was planning on inviting Monique prior to the actual event start time, aka when the other girls would get there, so that 
she can quickly have her time with Monique. Ha ha ha. Kiki, ki, thanks for supporting me. Shove her out the door and then have the other girls come in. No one would be the wiser, even though we're being recorded on national television. And I guess that was her way of thinking, I'm going to remain neutral in this situation. So as Jerry said earlier, this clearly wasn't <laughs> a smart plan. If Karen truly thought that it was a good plan, it wasn't a smart one. I don't want to believe that she did this just to cause drama. But I don't know, maybe she did. In either event, Monique also kind of knows that she's getting kind of shoved and pushed out the door. <laughs> and so Monique starts doing little petty things to kind of get caught up and slow down and not get kicked out as fast as she's supposed to. She knows. She got to stop to get something. She got to get some more of this champagne. She got to she gotta call her for the Uber inside. Whatever, whatever, whatever. She got there 23 minutes before the event, and she was booted out with one minute before. So she only got to be there for a total of 22 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All that chinchilla for 22 minutes. Right. Her scenes on the TV show are few and far between, so she has to make an impact. And then Ashley being, I felt like Ashley being this on time was also Ashley trying to be a little petty. I think she was trying to catch Karen. Right, because she reveals, I already knew that Monique was invited. Like, of course, because Monique and her talk on the phone every morning and plot. So Mm -hmm. she knew that. So anyway, her and Robin, which is also a shock that Robin was showing up so early, of all people, show up at the event. Again, Robin mentions that or at not just a strip mall, but the back of a strip mall, and that it's super small, but she's here to support. Did that need to happen? No. But alas, you know. Right, so I guess this is the hair doctor's studio, his office. Mm-hmm. But alas, everybody has to take digs with him. And then Candace shows up. <laughs> but Candace and Ashley are not speaking. So some of the girls sit down to get their... I guess their hair done. Ashley shows up to do hers and that pissed me off because I'm like, Ashley, come on. We need somebody that's a little bit easier and less time consuming than you, okay? Like, Ashley did not show up for her hair to get braided at all. Like, her hair was not prepped. She was first in line. And she had the nerve to be first in fucking line. Her little wig was cute too on her. We realize that Wendy can't try on the wigs because her wig is sewn into her head. Right. I wanted her to say it so bad. Like, bitch, you don't see the wig I got on? They was like, you can't put on a wig? She was like, no. And that was just it. <laughs> Candace is a trooper. She takes off her wig to put on another wig. And, you know, Robin's always down for some free shit, so she also was trying on wigs. Unfortunately, Robin's is the only one that turned out hideous. <laughs> and that's what she gets. <laughs> I don't get how Robin just has like such bad luck with style. Yeah, whether she's doing it herself or <laughs> other people are doing it for her, like I don't know why. It's we've seen her in a total of three wigs this season: the Elvira wig we saw her in this wig, and we saw her in that red shaggy wig she wore to that event. <clears throat> and everyone was a miss by a mile. Like I said, someone on Twitter said this is the worst dress franchise. It includes hair. It includes hair, and it's true. <laughs> they really kind of are. There's just there's just too many of them bringing them down. 
there's not enough neutrals and then there's not enough goods to hold up the group. It's also a confusing event. Like we see some guy like styling up a wig that appears no one even puts on and then we watch a video of Karen like a promo video and then that was the exact moment that they launched on the website but there was like no really celebration. It was so confusing. Yeah. I'm trying to look at Ashley's wig. I don't know if I'm feeling it. Oh, I liked it. Let me see. I mean, she looks washed out but she looks cute. Yeah. I don't mind. The style was okay but the blonde needed to be a little less for her. Different of a color. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was like raving about Candace's either. It was okay. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it's all relative. Mm -hmm. Either way, what really starts to shake up the party is that Ashley gives Karen a gift. What is the gift? Antacid. (laughs) A bottle of antacids because she claims that she has an ulcer, as we know from previous experience. But Ashley then decides to let it be known that she knows, in fact, that Karen is full of shit. <laughs> Since that she did go out with Monique at Chase's party. and We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Cut a rug, if you will. <laughs> I didn't... I, this was giving me very like old school housewives where it's like very contrived. It's like I brought this gift and they make it like dramatic. You open it and it's like to upset the person. I don't know. That felt very like season two, season three or something. Mm-hmm. And then at my event of all places, it was like, what? And it'd be different if it was like a gag gift and you also gave her a real gift, but you gave her just that. With the sole purpose of dogging her. For what purpose? Just so you could bring up Portugal, really, and bring up Monique, which has nothing to do with you not drinking, really. Exactly. <laughs> you said, I'm going to just expose her on everything, but, like, yeah. It was just weird. And in either event, Karen's calling, like, she sees it. She's like, and I'm feeling like this is a little bit of a setup. <laughs> yeah, Karen, because it is. And someone was like... Like, she said, she's tired of... Oh, like she said, she's tired of the gang banging and these ladies all coming for her at once. And they're all standing in a circle like, Karen, well, you did this and you did that. And I saw this and I saw that. And ooh, you lying bitch. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, well, why would you feel like you're being set up? What would you be set up for? And and are you afraid of what you might say when you drink? Why does Robin keep asking her that? You Again, it's going back to our other conversations with moms asking fucking rhetorical questions. Stop asking the questions that you already know the fucking answer to. Are you afraid of what you might say when you drink? We already know. The answer is yes. And you know why? Because you bitches use opportunities like this to bring it up against her. She mentioned one time that she ain't like raised dick and now that's like (laughs) what she's known for. She's known for like not liking raised dick. Karen never has sex. She, do, you know what I mean. Like they always, I feel like when it comes to her, like blow shit like way out of proportion. And Stephanie, I was listening to her um, episode with Taria, Obi, and Kendrick, and she brought up a good point that this is not even new tea. Remember two seasons ago when they had that trip? I think it was in France, and Karen brought up. I mean, Ashley brought up. Oh, why don't we talk about the fact that you said Ray's dick is shriveled up, and you don't, you know what I mean? Like it was gross and shriveled up. Which is basically the same thing as you don't like it. I mean, <laughs> how many how many different ways are you going to expose her? If she said it, if that's her loop when she gets drunk, 
let her go on her loop. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's something you laugh about, like haha. Like every time she gets drunk, she talks about how like his dick is nasty. Again, she wants her money back, and his dick is nasty. <laughs> He's ungrateful. <laughs> she wants her money back, and his dick is nasty. I feel like that sounds like a lot of people in America. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's not just Karen. Yeah, a lot of ladies can relate. <laughs> a lot of ladies can relate. Shout out to y'all, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sending y'all prayers. Oh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I love how Karen changes the subject and is like, look at my box. This is the box where my hair will be. Yeah, she wobbles anyway. away and then comes back and is like, look at my box. Everyone's <laughs> like, what? Yo, she's really comedy. And Wendy was like, oh, sorry, but like Ashley's speaking right now and she has a few things to say. And Ashley proceeds to continue to go off. Ashley, what is going on tonight? Ashley's like been in rare form this whole season. And she's going to try to, when she gets dogged by the audience, which she will, she's going to try to blame it on postpartum. Now, I've done plenty of research on postpartum. Is it possible? Absolutely, of course. Do I think that was Ashley's problem in this case? Absolutely not. I think Ashley's just a bitch. And for some reason, she feels like Karen's intention was to set up Monique, and so now she's on a rampage. Right. She's like, well, I can reveal that Monique was here earlier. It's like, well, it doesn't matter at this point because she's not here right now. It's not like you're saying, like, and if you open that closet door, Monique will pop out. Like, and it's not even like she's planning to have Monique here while we're right here, right now. She's coming in five minutes. It's like Monique was already here and the bitch is out the fucking door. And Karen's already said that she's trying to be neutral. So to me, that wouldn't be like that much of a shock. Yeah, like for Wendy to spin it as like, that's a woman that's not your friend. And I'm like, well, she's not your friend for not telling you, but Karen obviously likes to leave out some facts. So. I mean, is she a friend for making sure the bitch got out and rushed her out? Yeah, I think so. Because at the end of the day, she was rude to Monique. And Monique, I mean, took it fine. But she was also rude to her to make sure that Candace didn't have to run into her. Right. I I don't know what else. Could she have ideally told you? Yeah. But she didn't want to hear it. And I don't blame her for not wanting to hear it. So she said, I'm just going to rush the bitch out the door. (laughs) But Ashley decided that she needs to do this whole show production and here we are and she's being like look candace like we're not friends anymore and like i know you don't like me but like here's this i feel like she's trying to get on her good side a little bit i mean obviously it goes to shit next episode but for now she's like look candace like yeah i know this and i'm telling you because i want to protect you yeah hmm. so then it ends basically with Karen, the, you know, the, she's in the confessional and the producer asks her because she alludes to knowing something about Robin and Juan's relationship. And she, and he's like, what is he doing when he's drinking? And she's like, that's the couch. Um, basically, I'm saving that for later. If it comes to it, it comes to it, but I hope it don't. Right, because her retort when Robin was like, are you nervous for what you say when you drink? She's like, you should worry about what Juan says when he drinks. She snaps in a certain way when Robin says something to her. It was the exact same thing when it Robin was like, you look like Corella DeVille. Well, you look like a whore. I was like, whoa. You do not like Robin. No, she doesn't. I mean, (laughs) she doesn't. There's something about her that bothers her a lot. Even more than anyone else. It's funny. Yeah, she snaps at her a decent amount. But Robin also be making very unnecessary comments when it comes to Karen. 
So ever since she told Robin about her financial issues and then Robin literally ran back to the group and said, Karen's broke. <laughs> like <laughs> It's been beef ever since. Right, she thought she could speak broke woman to broke woman. <laughs> tell everybody. I think that's been <laughs> about Monique about um fucking Robin. And I guess it would bother me too. It's like two people that are we in the same war trench, but for some reason you look at me different. And that's crazy to me. <laughs> right, like I'm below you. You lost everything. Everything. You lost everything, including a whole friend. Like, and you want to tell me that I'm worse off than you? Get the fuck out of here. You still don't have nothing. You still lost again. But you want to exactly. bring up my motherfucking money? Especially when I'm the one with the money. I'm the one that got us out of this issue. Raise the broke one. In other event, Karen gets upset. She decides to leave. Everyone's like, Karen, this is your party, your function. How are you leaving? She's like, I paid the bill. I paid the bill. I'm done. They're done. <laughs> Bye-bye. Right, because she has to defend herself and say, I wasn't trying to set you up, which shouldn't even have to be a conversation. She did. If it sh- if there was a setup, it failed. So what is the conversation? I wish Karen was better at either lying or defending herself. Not sure which one I would yeah. prefer better. Maybe lying so we wouldn't have to deal with this all together. But maybe the defending. Because if she had just said that, like, okay, well, obviously I wasn't trying to set the bitch up because ain't the, bi- the bitch ain't here. There ain't no setup in place. And I would have snatched the wig off of Ashley's head and told her to leave. And she reveals that Karen told her to come early. Um, and so isn't that a coincidence because Monique was here early? Is there a chance that Karen was doing that thing where you don't tell two people they're meeting up when they don't like each other in a TV show or a movie, and then they get there and then they work it all out? Yeah, there was a there was a chance she was trying to do that. But then also, Ashley throws gasoline on the fire by saying, oh yeah, and I spoke to Monique, and she said that Karen told her to stand her ground and like, come here and speak for herself. It's just... I want Candace to stop allowing herself to be hurt. Stop putting your heart in your fucking sleeve. I said this before in many other episodes. They know what hurts you, so they're going to keep using it. Please stop reacting to it so this doesn't have to be a fucking storyline. Karen was not betraying you. She's still allowed to talk to Monique. She's not supposed to and not she's ever mentioned talk from to Monique. Jump that she's still going to talk to Monique. You have an issue with her talking to Monique, but she's been upfront with that from the jump. So I feel like, is it shocking that she <gasps> spoke to Monique? She's been saying that. You know what I mean? Like, and I just think the fact that I showed up to this function and Monique is not here is that has to be enough for you. I don't know what to tell you. Otherwise, don't be friends with Karen if it, if it bothers you. And I'm not saying it doesn't right. need to bother you. Like you're obviously suing the bitch, so like you feel some away. But that's just going to be a friendship I lose. <sighs> it's turning into too much. Right. And so. On that note, who is on display for you? I mean, I'll give it to Monique because it's her first episode back in a while. And even Mm -hmm. though, (laughs) I mean, per usual, she's not there, but she's the talk of town. I mean, I guess that's fair. It would either be her or Karen, because it was a very Karen forward episode as well. It was Karen forward. My second option was the hair doctor. (laughs) (laughs) For his silent work. 
in the trenches. Thank you for lending us your studio in which we could have this dramatic exit. Much appreciated. And thank you for making these wigs all by yourself and putting care in your <laughs> Smart <laughs> businessman. Smart businessman. So. Yeah. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. We encourage you to get some snacks, some water, quench your thirst, order your seamless. We're back. <laughs> okay, so we are going to be covering Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, season one, episode four, titled Roaring Emotions. I hate that word. Roaring. Roaring. It's hard to say. It's very, very hard to say. Roaring. That's why I hate the word discs. The plural desks. of desks. That's an annoying word. You have to like, in order to be an ass, like an asshole, like, oh my God. And it gives me a lisp afterward too. In order to be an asshole yeah. and pronounce all the letters in it, like you sound crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Minor deviation. But anyway, what are you rating this episode? And also for last week, we gave them a B also, right? Or did we give it a B plus? We gave somebody a B plus, I thought. Um, I will. This episode's a B plus to me. What about you? Yeah, that was good. Relatively. Um, right. So now let's get into it. So we're back at the 1920s theme party where no one is technically on theme except for Heather. Well, and then obviously the hostess. There's a stripper. There's some art- artiste. What, I don't know what that is. That circle, that hoop dance girl thing, aerial dancing, whatever. And Whitney's mm-hmm. making it rain on her. I love that she was like, I need money, I need money. And it goes up to her husband and he's just counting the fucking bills. Wow. What goals? Um, He was like, I only have 20s. But then I thought I saw her throwing some singles. I don't she know. she found some somewhere. Uh, but I love that she was like walking around the dancer. She just fully embraces anything of the arts, I was like. Love it. So, Jen decided that this is an appropriate time to have a conversation with Meredith about what she's heard about, you know, Meredith's, I don't know, goings around town. So she said, my feelings are hurt when you text me saying Chloe's leaving tomorrow, and Meredith's like, well, it's true, she is leaving tomorrow, so I, you know, I do want to spend time with her. And Meredith starts it off by saying, like, let's have this conversation not at Whitney's party. But Jen is kind of two sheets to the wind at this point. So she's not really receiving it. And she really needs to get it off her chest. So she continues to power through the conversation as if Meredith did not just say that. Um, and Meredith's reason for not wanting to see say what she wanted to say was because she felt like she didn't want to embarrass Jen. I mean... Which was fair. I get it. Like, I mean, at this, the way she acted and she didn't even tell her the real reason. Right. She's like, so you're going to leave this party at midnight and then go home and be with Chloe? Yeah, bitch. I am. And that's where it started to get a little weird because it's like, girl, I said I'm hanging out with my child. <laughs> like, I don't care. At, at, at some point, I don't care if you believe me or not. That's what I told you. So take that shit and run with it. Yeah, why are you quizzing me? Why are you quizzing me? And I've already told you, I don't want to have this conversation here. I'll go into detail as much and as deep as you want, but not right now, not tonight. 
but Jen didn't want to listen. Heather describes her in, in, you know, in the future part of the episode as passionate, but eh. and so basically somehow, some way it just escalates. I don't know if I really could pinpoint a part in which it escalated for me. On Jen's side, I feel like it escalated as soon as Meredith got up. <laughs> as soon as she was like, I'm disengaging, she fully engaged and lost. I think it, I think it got crazier before that. Because I think she was accusing her. She's like, well, you can't be Switzerland. You can't be da, 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 da. Don't you have an opinion? You're a strong girl. You're an opinionated girl. Don't you have an opinion? And I think that's when in Meredith's mind, it, like she checked out. She was like, whoa. Because I guess she stuck with what she said last episode. She said, it's either me or Mary. And she let her know straight up. It's either me or Mary. But also what's so confusing to me is in this world, I don't know if they met really on the show or like when they started filming because they started filming so long ago. In the premiere, they had that clip from six months before the premiere, which was wild. But anyway, they um, kind of were saying they've only known each other for like a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so you put all this faith and trust and love and passion into this woman you've known for 365 days. Get over yourself. A year is a very, very short amount of time. And I think 2020 is the year that taught me that for sure. Because I can't believe we're really about to be in 2021. I feel like majority of this year has just flown by. So I don't feel like I think any relationship is solid within the first year. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's all butterflies. Yeah, that's and just not long enough. Yeah. And as it should be in a friendship. We don't need to be getting into the complications in the, in the year, first year. I think that's very telling. So in either way, again, it's noted that Jen is drunk and Heather says when she gets pissed, she blacks out. Um, and there's nothing you can do. You just gotta let her rage, basically, which I thought was pretty crazy. So it was like last week when you were saying like how many times has Jen has to say that line to Heather? It's like how many times does Heather have to say this line about Jen so that people yeah. don't, you know, judge Jen. But I been- yeah, and Lisa comes over to try to help. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, that does nothing. It's funny because <laughs> people were debating as to whether they should go over there. Whitney wanted to go, and then Heather wanted to go, and then Lisa ended up going, and I think Lisa was kind of the worst one. I think the best one was either to be the hostess of the fucking function or Heather, because she's Jen's friend. I kind of like that Heather was like, yeah, I do want to go over there because she's going to be mad at me if I don't, but I also would love to eat this chicken. Loved it. That was the first time I found her, like, really endearing. I was like, oh, yeah, that's really real. Like, damn, I got to be in this shit, but, like, fuck, I just ordered this. No, I definitely did enjoy Heather this episode, and it's everyone's favorite line on, like, Instagram right now was when she's like, guard the burger and the lollipop. The free-range chicken lollipop. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to be back. Don't let them take it. Guard that shit. Yeah, and so Lisa comes over... And shit escalates even more. She's screaming across the room saying, you know, <laughs> that Mary is a grandpa motherfucker or something like that. That's the funny thing. Mary kept saying all episode that she called her a grandfather mf and she never called her that. She said, you're going to go with Mary who fucks her grandfather. You're a grandpa fucker, not a mother. But I like grandpa fucker. the motherfucker because it makes no sense. And I love how Mary just like because Mary is so true to Mary to like insert motherfucker because it makes no fucking sense because Mary makes no sense. 
I'm once again looking at Mary's outfit and I'm really trying to understand where she's going. Where she's going with this. So she's telling Meredith, good luck with that shit. Good luck. She's trying to simmer down. It's not working. Meredith says, thank and you. And no one thought the grandfather comment was cute. Not a single person. I think that was, was the most <laughs> that was the most hilarious part. Okay. Should she have said that as a friend? No. But it's true. And we all know it. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I think that when you marry your grandfather, that's just something you're going to have to be prepared to hear the rest of your fucking marriage. <laughs> that you are fucking yeah, it's your just a, It's a quick go-to. Yeah. It's low-hanging fruit, but like it's a quick go-to if I'm in the heat of a moment and I'm blacking out, I have nothing else to say. Um, yeah, you fuck your grandfather is going to be the first thing I am able yeah. to say. And then... But what really was scary was when she was looking at her from across the room, being like, Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. And putting up her middle finger. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, she was losing it. She started. This is beyond liquor at this point, or what's happening? I'm confused. Losing it. On some true blackout drunk shit. And then there ends up being like red around her eyes. And I can't tell if it's like her lipstick somehow is getting smudged everywhere or what's. I think it's probably her lipstick. I was wondering that too. The lipstick was a bad choice. (laughs) It could have been a good one if she hadn't gotten sloppy drunk, but apparently she needs to do that. So obviously, Winnie goes over there when there's no point in her being there anymore. And she says, Jen has a history of freaking the fuck out. And it's just funny because now we're peeling back layers and we're just seeing more about people. Yeah, because everyone's response was basically like typical Jen, but like inconvenient. <laughs> right. So Heather goes over there and basically just tries to escort Jen Shaw out of the fucking function. Well, Jen storms out of the place and then Heather goes after her to make sure that she gets home safely. Um, Heather's, not Heather, uh, Jen is like screaming in the middle of the parking lot like, don't fucking touch me. Just being a drunk bitch. You know, there's... Anytime I feel... I see a, a woman get like that, very sophopotamous, or when I get very sophopotamous, and I'm just, like, rolling on the floor or whatever, I always think of when Yolanda Hadid said... Mm-hmm. Classic moment mm-hmm. from Yolanda. There's nothing more unattractive than a drunk woman. And at first, I, I didn't get that. I was like, oh, my God, she's so judgmental. And then I realized, I see what she's saying. It gets, the drunkenness gets to a point where it's like, okay. Clean it up, Pokor. That's how it feels. Especially at that point when Heather came out and she just yells her name like Jen. And she's like, don't fucking yell at me. And then all of a sudden, like, everything in her purse flies out in the parking lot. I'm like, what is happening? she got to that point. Now, I'm not an angry drunk, so I don't get to, like, the yelling point. Um... But even then, when I'm moving crazy, I'm like, wow, like, this is not cute. It stops being cute at some point. <laughs> so thank you, Yolanda. Because now I don't let myself get too suppopotamous because I don't want anyone to think I'm very unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> it was embarrassing. And then it's like producers and Heather picking up her belongings off the floor. Yeah, it's like, babe. And I... I did love, though, when Heather, like, was trying to talk to him. She's like, all right, Coach Shaw, like, I need you here. I'm the flapper with the cankles. I love I told you, Heather had a really, really good episode. She did. She really did. Um, 
And right, and she's whispering affirmative in her ear, like, you're a great woman. I love that. That was so funny. You're the leader she's of the like, listen, when Jen gets to this point, you just need to give her some love, you know, just give her some love and let her go home. And I was just like, you know, you're a good friend because I think I could only do that but so many times before I would get frustrated. Or, I mean, like, to, but so many outings I could do that for. Or I could do it, but only if you're not, like, really attacking me. The minute you, like, start to try to flip on me, then, then I'm getting, like, all right, bitch. So kudos to Heather for being able to do that. But I did notice. On the fake money. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, on a fake money yeah. tip. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Say, but I did notice that Coach Shaw pulled up in a RAV4, was that? That old beat up vehicle? A 2006. <laughs> yeah, 2006 gray RAV4. Yeah. And it looked like his car. This is no disrespect to anyone driving a RAV4. That's your great car. Yeah, it is. I would love to have one. I don't have one. Very durable. But when you see the opulence that Jen is trying to portray and you see him pulling up in that after she was into all sorts of cars, she's always like, all right, you know what I mean? Just see what she's doing and then you see what he's doing. Hmm. And this was more of a real moment. You know what I mean? They weren't thinking, he's probably like, fuck, I got to rush here. Let me just get in my car real quick and pick her up. And it had the shit. When you have shit hanging from the rearview mirror, that's how you know it's somebody's car. And he had shit hanging from the mm. rearview mirror. That's his car as mm. fuck. Yeah. I know. It, it didn't even have rims on it. It just had tires, like no rims. What fucking car is this? Whose car is this? His. <laughs> that he drives every day. <laughs> I mean. Wow. Anyway, so the next day, everyone's having discussions about the party. Ooh, what'd you think about the party last night? You know, Mary is with Whitney, and they're discussing it. Um, Lisa and Heather are together. They're having their own discussions. It's good to see them in a scene together and seem to have moved on from the, do you know me, do you not know me? Because I didn't want that to last. It just wasn't. It wasn't needed. And then Meredith has no one to talk to, I guess. So she's, of course, talking to her son. Um, he's sitting there very corpse-like and not responding. It, I, it's just... I expected him to at least be like, and that's the shit I'm talking about with that bitch. But he, he didn't even do that. that. Yeah. So far, I know children are out of bounds, but the children here so far, weird. Anyway. Children are on bounds when they left college for a semester to be a friend yeah. of. <laughs> so. That's fair enough. Yeah, and so Mary's like, she, apparently she hates me and I don't know why. She hates my guts is what she said. And she really does hate her guts. It's true. And so this is where Mary starts to plant the seeds of because she wants to be the big dog, because she's jealous of me, because et cetera, et cetera. And, or she said it's competition, I'm sorry, later on in the episode. Do you think that's true? 
Yeah, I think she's talking about in the context of the mm. show, which is quite clear that she wants to be Senator mm. Snowflake, and she's like, so she's. She also wants to be the rich one on the show, and the other one she will be fighting with to be the rich one on the show mm. is Mary. So even if it's subconscious, I feel like there is some competition with Mary. Not obviously on looks or like necessarily on all the other shit, but the designer dressing front and on the being rich front, they're at competition. I mean, mm. at odds. Fair enough. So in the next scene, Meredith is with Lisa. They're at this gallery. Meredith saying that she's trying to spice her house up because it doesn't feel like her house. She's a little bit of me in the house. And to her, I guess it's artwork. Yeah, that Airbnb. The home you're renting. So I guess to her that means artwork, which, okay. Anyway, Lisa's here to help her. The running joke is that Lisa wants to touch everything. But I feel like if I can afford the shit, if it falls or breaks, then I can touch it. Um, um, I don't think it's appropriate. You're not supposed to touch art. It ruins the art. That's true. What kind of who raised you? Where's your class? Because it's also the things that she's trying to touch. She was just trying to, just to frame itself. Yeah, it's like if you want to touch it to feel the texture of it. Uh, but I also um, get what she's saying because I kind of like touching stuff too. I mean, we all like touching stuff. You just have to keep your hands in your pocket like a little kid when you're in anywhere with art. Well, you're the one that studied art. I didn't study art. So I'm the trash bitch here trying to touch shit, I guess. I don't know. So basically, this apparently was an appropriate venue for Meredith to tell her soul sister, Lisa, that she ends up or actually separated. I love that Lisa, as soon as Meredith was like, I have news. And she was like, am I going to cry? That was very real because I, who hasn't asked their friend, like, okay, before you tell me some shit, like, wait, what is it? Right. She was like, don't cry. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm going to be real. And I probably will too, but I mean, here right. we are. Um, But I thought, you know, it was, a, it was a cute moment between the two of them. You can really tell that they're really friends. It obviously alludes to like having some sort of relationship yeah. between the families outside of the show. Um, They've trained with each other, practiced with each other, you know, all sorts of shit. Um, when she said she planned the bat mitzvah, that really put it in perspective because, yeah. like, her daughter's in college now and she planned the bat mitzvah with her. Like, like yeah, close. they go away. Back. But then it confused me. How long have y'all been here? Okay. Potentially. She set herself up so that she probably wouldn't be, but I could see it also. Because do I care about Meredith Marks? I don't know yet, you know? But again, obviously, my opinions change between episodes because I don't know these people yet. So that's part of the fun. Either event, next um, scene. Lisa goes to Mary's house and Lisa is doing the house. I think it's like, oh, love it. Gorge. It's so Christmassy. And we're getting some shots and some aerial views <laughs> of it. And I'm like, this shit is fucking ugly. Yeah, that really dated her husband. Because when I saw that green carpet, I'm like, only a senior citizen. My grandmother had that in her home. So, yeah, a grandparent would have that in their home. Yeah. And Lisa kind of alludes to that because she's like, you know, you see Mary and she's she's very well put together and et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, and then you go to her home and it's um, a bit eclectic, you know, but not Utah eclectic, like real eclectic. Which and her dressing isn't eclectic at that's all. That's what's so peculiar. I'm like, you see the outfit that she just answered the door in? The hair? Again, does Mary not own a brush and a comb? 
Is she one of those like? Right. This is the first time we've gotten to see her real hair out too. Is she one of those like finger rake bitches? Like her real hair, her wigs, none of it should be like brushed and combed and coiffed. It's so bizarre to me. And so far, all of her home scenes have taken place in the kitchen. Yeah. Are we only allowed in the kitchen? Hmm. Anyway, Mary's son makes an appearance also in the scene. Um, they're just a very weird bunch. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I feel like she never talks to him in between takes. Like, it felt like he was summoned down. She asked him some questions. She obviously hasn't talked to her son in years because he hasn't wanted to be a brain surgeon since he was five. It was probably, you know, everyone says when they're little, like, I want to be a firefighter and a police officer and a lawyer and like a, and a brain surgeon. And I'm sure he's been wanting to do this fashion shit for a minute. It's not just because of the girlfriend, okay? Yeah, you don't just go from wanting to be a brain surgeon to a fashion designer because of a girlfriend, I can assure you. Yeah, but I love that Lisa was like, he already has the vibe. It's so solid. And they show him walking away in like loose sweatpants and a white tee. He has on he has no fashion. And not even like a shoe on or something. She's like, yeah, I see like the look yeah, he's getting. Mom like that? How could you not? And so anyway, they also discuss before he walks away the gifts that he's been giving his girlfriend. Now, child. Woo. Mm. Is he single? How old is he? No, no. He's still in high school. Never mind. This was filmed last year. <laughs> You're nasty. <laughs> I get a little nasty. <laughs> you need a pen pal while he's away at school. Anyway, anyway, but does he have an older, long lost brother that I could capitalize on? Because it'd be nice if it was a strapping young gentleman giving it for me. <laughs> it would be really fucking nice. But also, did he approve with her parents? I'm confused on the logistics of the dog. It's just like people they say not to give a dog as a gift because it's not. You know what I mean? It comes with a lot more than just that. So I'm a little confused on the parents. Just, they're underage. They just didn't give a fuck. Or she probably yeah, already she probably had another dog. And, it's like, that, and that's the funny thing about when you have pets. Once you already have one dog, you're like, ah, yeah, fuck it. Like, we'll just have two. They can play with each other and some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Generally, you just like let it work after that. But it's generally like the first dog that you're like a little bit hesitant about. But you know, men also love to give their bitches some dogs. Like, they really do as a present. Because it really does, like, at least for me, like, I'm basic. So, for me, it would really tickle me. I'm like, wow, he got me a dog. And I've been wanting a dog for a while, as you know. So, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can always find a home to get that dog, too, if you don't want it no more, to be honest. Let's be real. Want some Dorit shit. <laughs> Give it to a nice young lady. It ends up in the pound. <laughs> oh, snap. See, and it's even better that a man gets it, too. Because if you break up with him, then you don't got to hear about, oh, my God, you gave my dog away. Now, if it's your friend giving you the dog, then it's a problem. <laughs> but right, just give the dog back to him, but keep the chinchilla in the proper. Oh, hell, fucking yeah! Both of those things have great resale value. So Mary's disgusted with all the gifts that he's getting this woman, and she's just like, he don't even give me a Prada bag, but he get her a Prada bag, which I thought was a. I could tell it was a bizarre comment or a classic mom comment. Yeah, classic mom. Ooh, that's a. That might be a uh, good idea for a game later. Future episodes. <laughs> Classic <laughs> or bizarre. It just felt very cringe as Lisa was there. I felt like Lisa shouldn't have been there for that conversation. 
the whole thing was weird. And she was like, oh, this woman has really changed you. She starts, like, low-key hating the woman even more before our very eyes. And it was, it was just, again, this woman's changed you. It's so bizarre, like. And again, she sends him on his way. He goes right back upstairs to his dungeon or bedroom. Yeah, mustn't talk about anything else. Remember our script? You were only supposed to bring up your girlfriend and the fact that you're going to LA for a boarding school and that's it. What the fuck that talk about you when they do design? She told him not to. So she's going to be his ass later. She said, I thought you were going to be a brain surgeon. That's what I told my congregation. You know, it was one of those. Right, when we pass around the collection plate, it's for you to go to school for brain <laughs> surgery. Say it like when you're going to Johns Hopkins. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to talk or that he's running far, far away from here as soon as he can. Yeah, he seems to be a rebel. A Gabriella of the family type. <laughs> Those silent rebels. <laughs> the way they rebel is by never coming yeah. back. <laughs> You'll never. Talk about not engaging. They do not engage. Everyone we're talking about Gabriella from House of New Jersey. And so basically, the only thing else that happens of importance in the scene is that Mary decides she's going to have a Met Gala themed brunchin luncheon. Um, and she just wants the girls to dress up dramatically. She says, quote, ostrich feathers, et cetera, et cetera. There's a little debate as to whether she should invite uh, Jen Shaw. Hmm, should I invite her? Hmm, should I invite her? You're going to invite her for the show. Like, no one wants to go to lunch with just y'all. We need to bring the bitch that's bringing the drama. So we're going to bring Jen Shaw up in here. Um, yeah. Anything else to add to that scene? Mm-mm. Just that Mary keeps drinking Evian. And it's an Evian night, obviously, on Bravo. And that's all. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, Jen is... Said person that we're talking about. Jen is at Heather's house... And it's funny because as soon as she walks in, like the doorbell rings again, I guess. She's like, oh, I ordered sushi, da da da. And then apparently it's Jen's thing to always have snacks on her or to always like bring food or buy food or whatever whenever she's going anywhere. I kind of like that quality though. I was going to say that's the first time I looked at Jen and said, me too, because I also always travel with snacks. And like, I'm very much so that person. I don't know if I would order sushi for everyone to eat. I don't, I haven't gone that far. When I have millions, maybe I will, but but I also kind of like that. But I always come with an Evian because I don't know what water is going to serve. I always come with the Evian, and I always come with a snack. I always come with a snack. Always come with an Evian. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You're a fucking bitch. (laughs) I know, Danielle knows. I mean, listen, y'all. I love Evian. She's like, what do you? Really, is my water of choice. It's getting increasingly hard to try to drink other water beyond. If I drink it other water, when I say that it has to be so cold that I can barely drink it, Evian, I can drink that shit boiling hot, lukewarm, crystal cold, kind of cold, but not really. Like, I can, like, ugh. Yeah, I'll take it anyway. anyway I can get it. it. Just rest a little bit of that on my tongue. I love <laughs> Wet my whistle, in the words of the Grinch, if we're talking <laughs> Christmas. Sheesh. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> That being said. So they get into obviously discussions of what happened at the party. Heather says she's going to get up and cook while they're talking and it's revealed that she's cooking a green bean casserole, which um, and obviously Jen this is also disgusting too. Also like if you are making a green bean casserole, that's the meal. 
That's not a meal. That, if anything, that would be a side dish. I don't want to see it on my plate at all. But if I had to see it, I'd like it to be accompanied by a meat and something else. Uh, so basically, what do you want to take away from the scene? I mean, Jen lets it be known that basically the whole issue with Meredith is just she's triggered, pretty much. She's been really alone because her husband is a sportsman. So that means he's always on the road. And, you know, it's also the anniversary of her dad's death. And, you know, so I guess her loneliness is triggering her. Uh, it's just an issue for her when she feels like her friends are pulling away or et cetera, et cetera, because she doesn't really have anybody right now, which makes sense. It's fine. And she kind of alluded to the fact that, like, a couple episodes ago, she's like, yeah, me and Meredith have sleepovers. She made it seem, like, regularly. She's like, I don't want to be in that big house by myself. So... It definitely seems like she actually leaned on Meredith to like help right. her through her. Which life. that's a lot for somebody you've just met. <laughs> Again, you're putting a lot of burden on Meredith to hold a lot of things down. She's basically your right. husband, is what you're saying. And it's okay to have a relationship that's like that that you like really feel close to them. But you know, the one time they're like, "Yo, I need some time to myself right now. Or I need some time to my, you know, for my for my kids." Then you gotta respect that. You know what I mean? Having a meltdown about it and trying to equate it to other things like her hanging out with Mary, slow down. They're trying to burn the whole friendship yeah, to the ground. Like, well, don't worry. My issue though was this is where the timeline got confusing for me because she said it's the anniversary of her dad's death. Right? Mm-hmm. But then they showed the grave yeah. picture and he said he died in September. Did he not? September of so September 2018. She said it's been, you know, it's almost an anniversary. It's been a, a year, et cetera, et cetera. But Meredith is a Sag. Right, so we're talking November, December. Right? Is she pulling a little bit of a Jackson using it as a catch-all? Maybe. It's around that time of year, you know what I mean? It's Recently, he passed away. I just went to the gravesite a week ago. But then Meredith's party... I don't know the technicality on it. Also, I love that she threw out. She's like, I threw this woman an $85,000 party. No, you threw yourself an $85,000 party. And you allowed Meredith to call it her birthday That's why I'm just really confused about the timeline. Did they say, like, oh, we're going back in the past in the first episode? Was, like, Meredith's party, like... No, right? Because Whitney is a Libra. And we just had her birthday party, didn't we? What was that flapper's party for? Her birthday? Mm-mm, that was just a random. That was just a random okay. party. <laughs> <laughs> you know they have to have events yeah, and shit, okay. so she just made that up. Um. Yeah. No. When he's Libra, because I saw her Libra tattoo. Peep it. But uh, later on, this. Yeah, oh, I didn't see that. Okay, that's good like, you can't be able to do. So. Okay. Yeah. So this is why I was saying like the timeline's confusing to me. It's not that important, really, in the grand scheme of things. But it was just confusing to me. But basically, she's blaming it on. Her loneliness and the fact that it's the anniversary of her dad's death or around that time. And, you know, that's how she's feeling. Heather's being a good friend. She's talking her through it. She understands. And she's like, listen, like, Jen's issues are valid, but it's not fair for her to be putting all that on Meredith. And that's... Yeah, yeah. it's pretty displaced. The only other thing I want to note is when they cut to commercial and come back to the scene in Heather's house, they put fake snow on the screen when they cut to her house. I don't know why the Bravo editors did that, 
gets to really emphasize that it's yeah, like we got it. Salt Lake City. Yeah, she's doing that whole like once bitten, twice shy. Like I don't know about this woman, and I won't invest right. in election. Da, da, da. Yeah, so and she say. reveals mm-hmm. the fact that like oh, yeah, she reveals that Meredith told her, her about mm-hmm. the separation two months ago, and she had been keeping it a secret. But she kind of she ch- doesn't explain it as I'm telling everybody. Yeah, because Meredith made that note when she told Lisa. She was like, it's not that it's a secret, but I just don't want to talk about it in front of everybody, which right. is fair. So the next scene, we get to the restaurant that Mary is having her little Met Gala party at. <laughs> and we see some Louis Vuitton being put on the table, Louis Vuitton boxes put on the table. We see some fucking beta fish aquarium put on the table. We see um, this whole book set in a glass something. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I love the table arrangement and the gifts. I like what she was doing mm-hmm. with that. From from the scene, like obviously we'll judge what the gifts really were later. But I liked the setup. I was feeling the vibe. I don't know if she rented out the restaurant or something like mm-hmm. that, but I don't think it was what she did. It looked like she did. She had some butlers, some servers, some waiters, whatever, and. You know, it's like it might just be this fancy Met Gala type of party. It also flipped. No one looked at Met Gala. <laughs> right. Go ahead. Also, in between, there's a little <laughs> interstitial with Jen talking to her husband. He's going to have the coach shop pep talk. Apparently, that's like a thing between them. Like, give me the pep talk, give me a pep talk. Yada, yada, yada. He's apparently really good at it. Um, And she clearly is somebody that needs something like that because Heather was doing that to her when she was blacking out. And. She just clearly needs, you know, some strong talking to sometimes. Yeah, I would imagine her love languages are words of affirmation yeah. and gifts. I can see that. So, yeah, I guess, like, how do you want to do what I'm just briefly say what you felt about everyone's outfit? Or at least who do you think dressed the best? I guess is the most important. <laughs> I didn't expect that question. Come on, it's the Met Gala, honey. Like, come on. I don't. It's really tough because I don't know if anyone really dressed the best to me. I mean, I guess Jen's outfit was cool, but it wasn't Met Gala at all. It was the best of everyone else's for the most part, but it wasn't Met Gala. No. So I was a little confused. I would have just liked to see a little bit more drama. For but then Met also, Gala I feel kind of dumb having to do that, and it's like noon. Yeah, it is kind of dumb, but you're on a TV show and you true. dress up for the occasion. Very true. And the way Jen was getting ready, I really thought she was going to pull out a look. Right. It was look, just not Met Gala. Hmm. So then Mary reveals the purpose of the book was to very much to, I guess, what, write something special about them? Yeah, it just seemed like an excuse. I loved also, side note, when she was putting out the books and she said, can you all read? Because you put them upside down. I was like, ooh. And she was talking to white people. How often do we see a black woman say something right. like While that? While that white strip help? of hair was living in the middle of her face. Do you know how like angry that would make me just having somebody with that fucking piece of hair in their face talking to me like that oh my god but yeah it's a very rare occasion rude as shit but yeah she brought up the book she excused the book as something just to explain why it was there she's like I want you to write it down and then read it out loud and Jen later says like can we just say it out loud which would also make the most sense but again she just wanted to make the gifts make sense like how she tried to make the Louis gift make sense. Like yeah, I'm like, you just wanted to give him a Louis gift. And you just wanted to give him this special bookcase and a book in a case gift. That's it. And that's fine. 
Yeah, you wanted to give them designer gifts, but not bags because you weren't trying to spend bag money. So you wanted to give them designer accessories. That's and, and that's, that's what it was. That's fine. I'll take them. Yeah. And so I don't know, like, how do you take us through the scene or what are your highlights of the scene? Because I felt like it was kind of, not that it was all over the place, but obviously the highlight is that, you know, Jen explains why she reacted the way she reacted. And it's just that she just, she was always taught to be loyal and she had a lot of responsibilities on her as a child. And so when she is helping someone else, you know, consider someone her friend, like that's her friend. She feels very close to that person because she kind of had to, you know, all her life she had to fight in one of those moments. So for some reason, Meredith disinclining, I mean, just inviting her from the, the house for the sleepover or whatever, it was just like a trigger for her basically. And so she apologized to Meredith, but doesn't apologize to Mary. Of course. It's a classic housewives thing. You're waiting on an apology. You're, never you're not going to get Whitney also says a little snap comment about Lisa. Because I think they were what all, you know, this is the moment when they were all going around, you know. Oh, when she says like, and I'm not, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not in an open relationship or an no, open marriage. No, I'm not a swinger. Mar- She's like, that's Whitney said that. Lisa. But then Lisa went to go say, like, she went to start crying, first of all. And then she's like, okay, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna stop crying. And then she had all it was all this buildup only for her to be like, I love myself. When it was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was. I think ridiculous. the buildup was. I'm going the to be statement wasn't terrible. It was, it was the buildup you gave to the statement. Like you were really about to say something so like charitable and loving, but like it wasn't. You're supposed to be revealing to people something about yourself that they don't know. You having like high, like high expectations for yourself. It's kind of like. I don't know if that's right. something everyone didn't know. Also, Whitney's outfit is not terrible. It's it's not much at all, but it's not terrible. Yeah, she was definitely giving 12 p.m. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's lot, lots of little bits also of just Mary being weird, like, in <laughs> Nether Calls are weird. And she's just like, yeah, like, did you want some Dom Perignon? Yeah, this is from the 2003 heat wave that, like, made, like, great grapes to, like, kill, like, thousands of people enjoy <laughs> it's just like what it was a biz- yeah it was so bizarre and then she has like this bizarre red carpet out there it's about like two mm-hmm. inches long the red carpet and then she has beef eaters like sh- flown in from london that are escorting the women they look like toy soldiers and they're like taking the women out again not met none of this was met but it's really fine again i love the louis vuitton i love the beta fish I love the personalized, you know, book. I love that we're actually across the street from a P.F. Chang's, I see. <laughs> like, the restaurant shut down. The meals looked, I mean, everyone loved that's it. some strange texture it, but... combination right there. A poached egg with a runny yolk and caviar on top. Mm, interesting. It, it would just be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of textures and like, things for me to like get over at this in one you know what I mean like I don't know if I would be able to do that maybe the runny egg is something else maybe the caviar and something else but I can't do both at the same time and there was also like this pasta with truffle I don't even like mushrooms and it looked good also right me either and then of course Mary like price drops it like $8,000 a pound I don't know if I should do that. Because if you couldn't afford it, then don't do it. You didn't use the pounds. You didn't pay $8,000 for this truffle, please. 
You didn't even do half a pound, I'm sure. Um, let's talk about the Louis did. gift. Can we talk about how it was a huge box and inside it was simply Louis AirPod? I don't they didn't even look like AirPods. Yeah, okay, so Louis AirPodish beats. <laughs> yeah, you didn't even give me fucking AirPods. You gave me beats, bitch. So you got me the off brand shit almost. The box was just too but... big for that. It was a setup. She said, like, we're gonna and you know, the, the AirPods so that we can listen to each other better. If what? anything, we would not be listening to each other because we all have on Fun. these AirPods and we're listening to something else. Right. Then that whole prayer session she had where she was like really like bawling. Yeah, like, she said, I get emotional. I, I can imagine she just cries during a prayer on a regular basis. And then Jen was doing that thing where you're a hmm. little kid and like it's too long and you like open your eyes and you're like looking to see if anyone else is. Right. It's like, come on, Jen. She invited you to the event. You can't see the event. Stop it. You shouldn't be shocked yeah, if this like, pastor is preaching during a prayer. Sure, right. She didn't she speak in tongues. She didn't get up. She didn't scream. <laughs> she didn't jump. Nothing. And this is her event. Let her have her moment. You had your moment with your grand interest in your tongue and dancers. Let her have this prayer. Mm, I mean, yeah. of course, we know from the commercial, like the trailer, that at some point, Jen, during this lunch, tells Mary that she's a black woman. And Mary's like, yeah, I know. I'm interested to see the context of that. Because even in her story, I don't, I mean, it's fine that people thought that you were black when you you were younger growing up there oh because yeah that's what she said but she already said it she was like um you know like growing up here like people thought i was black and like like basically mary you would know i think her intention was like mary you would understand like being a minority here yeah but i think she says it also like they get into a fight and it's a in a worse way like i think it escalates later so i'm interested to see how that comes up Uh... they're all a little obsessed with race relations and it's just like makes me anxious it's like, I don't know. I'd rather you just not talk about it. You don't have to bring up the, f- yeah, like Mary is black. And you, I mean, it's for Mary to be like, I'm black. I understand. It's well, not for you to be like, Mary, you understand you're black. It, I think it's given the location that they're in. All the other places, all the other cities, are, it's either all white people, all black people, or they're in a location where mm-hmm. it's more diverse. You see what I'm saying? This one, it's kind of a diverse cast, yeah. but the location itself is not really diverse. Which is interesting, though, because on both Dallas yes. and Beverly Hills, they're supposed to be having an Asian housewife come on. Uh, I think it's interesting. Maybe On well, Dallas, it's particularly um, bizarre because one of the cast members, Brandy Redmond, had like a weird racist moment, like an Asian racist moment, where she was like talking in an accent and like pulling her eyes and stuff. And then like and they didn't kick her off, and then the next oh, season yikes. they have her on with an Asian woman. It was just a little, like, I don't watch the show, so I have nothing to base this on, but I know enough that that was inappropriate. Hmm. And so it was very bizarre. But, yeah, so I, yeah, I'm excited for this new age of Housewives where not just all one race with maybe one token person from another race. Right. And I love that Jules was also, like, really the original Asian we had on the show, and she didn't even get a second chance. She should have. Yeah, they really should give her a second that bitch up. So, on that note, who is your housewife on display? I have to give it to Jen, I think. Mm-hmm. It was, um, this was the first time we saw a classic one of her meltdowns. It's the first time we saw her husband give one of his classic pep talks. We got to see the fake money and all of that. And she was the best dressed at the Met Gala event, so. Um, I'm going to give it to Heather, which shouldn't really be a shock based on how I talked about her this episode. Um, I think it was a good episode for her. I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sold on her either way. I'm still neutral on her. But um like I said, I think she had a good episode. She had some funny lines that everyone likes to quote on IG about the food. 
you know, she was the only one that really could gather Jen, get her in the car, get her home safe. Where her husband told Jen kind of what she needed to hear at the dinner. Just, it was a good, it was just seeing her being a supportive friend, which I think was nice. Um, is there any breaking news? For the first time in a long time, yeah. So, mm-hmm. breaking news. I mean, where do we start? I think we start with the show that we don't cover, which is Bronwyn OC. She had an interview with Glad in which she revealed that she identifies as a lesbian now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw part of an interview. I don't. I don't think it was the Glad one that was like print, but a video interview where she also says, of course, she's staying with her husband. They live in the same house. They're raising their kids together. And she has a girlfriend named Chris, and her husband knows the girlfriend, and they hang out, and it's fine. Wonderful arrangement. I mean, a really great arrangement. Ideal relationship arrangement, honestly. Like, if your life could work out and so that could be okay, power to you. Um, and I'm glad that she's able to get all that. She's able to get the happy marriage. She has that companionship. She has her kids. And she got her, you know, thing on the side. What more could you want in life, quite honestly? Um, right, and she got her kids out the way already, so it's not like she has to go through that process. So she's, I mean, unless she decides to have more. Unless the partner wants, but then yeah. you'll have to carry. I'm not carrying it. I did seven. If you want some kids, like pick any of these fucking seven. Come on. Yeah, we can either go half on a surrogate or you gotta carry it. <laughs> like I'm not doing that. Um, which again, perfect. But she probably would, because clearly if you had seven kids, then you don't mind being pregnant. Yeah. That being said, um, yeah, I'm just I'm happy for her. I'm glad that she finally felt um it was time to come out. What better way to do it than while you're on a housewife show? And now she's it's a first. big year for her because she also got sober this year. So like getting sober and coming out, I'm sure that's like very empowering right. as like a cancer fucking realization. Um, we may have all a- had shitty 2020s, but it sounds like Bronwyn was winning. Right, first gay housewife, amazing. Yeah. Um, first job that you know don't have to be afraid that you're gonna get fired over it because Andy's not firing you for that. You'll get fired because you're boring, but not because of that. I was happy for her. Yeah. Um, do we go to, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I ha- I feel a little controversial about like reporting people as having COVID as news because it's not really news. It's a, a global pandemic and like a lot of people yeah. get it. I mean, That's why I it's a don't pandemic. really care, but you did kind of bring it Bar- up. R-H-O-B-H, Kyle, Dorit, and why did I forget her name? How could I forget Kathy? I mean, those three are apparently at the tail end of having COVID and they're doing great is the update. And they'll be, I think they stopped filming for it. So that's the only thing that we would report is filming was stopped. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. Cause it's like, it's not that I don't care, but it's more like a get well soon. Yeah. But they are getting well soon. So it's just like, right. It's not like they told us like the day they got it. They told us like when they're like almost done with it. So it's like, glad you recovered i mean i don't know what else right. to say for me i want to talk about the erica and tom situation because we definitely <sighs> said it here first 
We definitely said it here first. It definitely was said. It definitely was said, and it definitely is true that the divorce is a scam, and now it's gone into a point where Erica Girardi and Tom Girardi are in a federal lawsuit getting sued over the scamishness of their um, of their divorce. Uh, for all of my people that watch Revenge, it's a very Flight 197 where apparently they scammed some people that were supposed to get some money from like die like their people dying on a plane flight or what i mean a plane flight on a flight <laughs> and <laughs> instead of the money getting to the victim's families it went to erica's pockets and mikey's pockets and tom's pockets. it's expensive to be mad will we see any of this on the show absolutely not Right. If we can see this on the show and finally get some real fucking drama, then yeah, I would love this storyline, of course. Yeah, it would be so good, but it's never... I mean, Erica's never given us a storyline. Why would she start? (laughs) She gave us Pantygate, bitch. I'm just playing. Reluctantly. She didn't even want to give us that. And it was a horrible storyline anyway, but... It wasn't cool after, like, the first two episodes. Then I was just like, all right. Yeah. But um, wow, but, yeah. Like I said, like we said it before, like it's not really shocking. We felt like, but like they're definitely getting divorced because she's definitely trying to get some money out of this man, and he's definitely trying to hide some of his money with her. Because at this point, why would they get a divorce? He's almost about to kick the bucket. But because right, he's almost she... about to kick the bucket, she's trying to make sure that she gets the money before, right before the bucket is kicked from underneath her. She's fucked up because the timing of this is just like, how long have the feds been watching her and him waiting to drop this? Y'all, the feds are watching. If you think the feds aren't, feds and they build their cases up, okay? They're watching you for years. They don't come to you for no one at time occasion, okay? When they're coming to you, it's after you've been living fucking lavish. They actually come to you when you definitely can't afford to pay them back. Never at the height of your shit. It's always kind of when you're a little bit more in the decline anyway. Right. Ask Giuseppe G over in Jersey. He knows all about that. (laughs) Right. Is she going to serve time? Is she going to get money out of this divorce? What is the whole thing? I feel like it's quicksand and like she was trying to avoid this. She wanted, she should have got divorced two years ago, man. I blame Tom for that too. Because he should have known. He waited till it was too late. You know what I mean? It's saying like Giuseppe, Judice. You kind of, you should have known too. Not to involve Teresa to that extent that you did. Yeah, he should have talked to Erica about five lawsuits ago because we've heard lawsuits for years now. This exactly. is not even the third or fourth. This is a, yeah. After the first serious one, as a lawyer, with, as come a on. lawyer, you don't tell me until like you know what I mean. Like he like uh, like if I was Erica, I'd be fucking pissed. I'm not gonna put in all this motherfucking time with this onion, potato. <laughs> Only for him to fuck me over in the end. And Bethany said it once, and you just brought up an old Lana quote. Bring up an old Bethany quote that always stuck with me, and it was. If you marry for money, you pay for the rest of your life. And it's true. One way or a fucking another, it's going to come back to you. 
You married this motherfucker for all that money, and you're not going to get a fucking dime. Look at that. Damn. Damn. So does she have to just say sayonara to the light? She better hope this alleged relationship with Scooter Braun works out. Not Scooter Braun. <sighs> Scooter fucking Braun? Yeah, that's what she's supposed to be stupping. <laughs> uh, but Scooter don't got embezzlement money. <laughs> no, he has like real money. He worked for his money, so yeah. Right, which means it's not much. Not to say that he doesn't have money. Right, not to say he doesn't have tens of millions. He just doesn't have I'm scamming insurance victims money. So whatever. Is this what about married? Aren't they all? Whatever. I mean, <laughs> if he is, I, I'm pretty sure that is like also a thing, but um, isn't Larsa married? I mean, you know, aren't they all? I couldn't tell because then I also said Brad that they had like files, but then I'm like, I don't think so, but then Maybe they did. I don't know what's going on over there. Some people also just like file and then don't get divorced. That's also like a very modern thing. I feel like back in the day they weren't doing that. Nowadays, I feel like people are filing and being like, I was kidding. They'll file and then they're told like all the things that they have to do and all the things, assets they have to claim and all sorts of shit. And then they'll probably be like, yeah, fuck it. It's like when we were like, we're thinking about transferring and then we figured <laughs> out all the things that happened that go into transferring. And it was just like, screw it. It's like fuck it, but just know that I'm always I always flagged myself as a transfer. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. always a, a preference of mine. So those were the the big hits in the new circuit on Bravo. I mean I want something big to hit though. These have been little stories. I mean the Erica big story was news. satisfying. Big, big, big news, that's what I want. Yeah, just like before the end of the year, just getting one more crazy piece of news, I would live. That's not involving me or my family, thank you. On the housewives front, just something that, like, is a moment in time, I would just really appreciate it. Right. But alas, here we are. And that's the news, but yeah, that's everything I have to say. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think that's it. I made a try. Was there anything else? Yeah, if I can't recall, then I guess it wasn't important. All right, well. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next time with, I guess, what's what's coming up? Because we got, we got some plans for y'all, okay? We weren't lying last episode when we said we were going to get our shit together. We actually sat and scheduled ourselves. Yeah, so there's guaranteed content every week. There's not a week we're missing. That's your fucking Christmas gift from us. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right, this is our vlog miss, but like podcast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is how we're getting it out. Right. So next time we talk, we will be chatting. We'll do another dual episode of Rob and Roa because Atlanta comes back this Sunday. Ah! And I'm excited to see, like, what goes down. You know, Atlanta is just Atlanta at this point. I'm not I'm not looking for for genuine drama. <laughs> Yeah, that. But I am looking forward to the last few episodes where Portia fucks that trip with Tanya. Absolutely. Absolutely. But until then, we'll get a lot of Black Lives Matter and a lot of filler. <laughs> um, and we'll also be recording our Christmas special, which I guess we won't tell you what exactly we'll be talking about, but just know that there is a Christmas special coming up. Or maybe a holiday special, because I don't celebrate Christmas, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah. But yeah. So. Um-